Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. What's up? Welcome to the podcast, Father Nathan. Father Michael. Greetings. Greetings. Welcome to uh, the latest I think we've ever podcast. You and I are... I don't know. I don't know if Father John and I ever went this late. Wow. 9.45 in the p.m. on Friday. Yeah. This is how celibates spend their Fridays, folks. <laughs> Sending out some hot and fresh uh, podcast for you. So and fresh out the kitchen. Be uh, be thankful that we're we're doing doing our thing tonight. Yeah. So, what do you got tomorrow? I got mass for the Sisters of Life at 7:30 a.m. I'm gonna be closer to them now up in Mary yeah, Mag, I so I can be I can get out down there. They're so beautiful though. I was like, it's an honor. I haven't I haven't been over there yet. You gotta how will they let you into like the renovated portion? Um, I've been into probably I got the chapel in the kitchen. What I've seen because I had breakfast with them the first. Uh huh. Did they did they renovate like living room and whatever? I I wasn't in there before, so I don't know. I mean, everything looked nice. So probably I was probably I think the wow. chapel was renovated, and I'm guessing the kitchen was because it all looked very nice. Must be yeah. nice. We didn't uh, we didn't have that whenever we were. Living there. So oh, that's right. That was a seminary house, right? Yeah. It was super, yeah. It was super awesome. Nice. So, uh, all right. Priorities. Yep. I got a wedding tomorrow. I got confessions in the morning. Wedding. Meeting. What time's confessions? And then super chill after that. Eight o'clock, oh. which I usually roll in at about like 7.59. And, <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm like trying to track down my purple stole that I... Like through somewhere from the week before, trying to fill up a glass of water. Um, like, what else? Oh, and then I always take in a box of Kleenex. Mm. So it's like, instead of getting all these things ready on Friday, so they're just ready to go, like, yeah. I'm like always late. <laughs> and the reason why is because our, our, uh, our lady who does the cleaning at the house, yeah. which is very, very lovely. Her name's Stacy. She, she does a great job. Um, but I always like to pre clean. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't cleaned all week, so then I'm like decluttering like the the horrible <laughs> existence that is my life. This is Saturdays. This is Saturday mornings. So then I'm like trying to do all the all the cleaning that I should have been doing like throughout the week, and simultaneously being like, where did I put my stool? Like I gotta go find a Kleenex. <laughs> did you know Stacy's a Christian name? Really? Yeah, because it's short for Stasesus. <laughs> I don't you know. just made that up, Anastasia. Oh, which Anastasius me is resurrection. Raise, raise again, yeah. Raise again, resurrection. So Stacy is a Christian name meaning resurrection. Wow, I'll have to start calling Jason Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did he get that nickname anyway, Father so, Jason? So Father Lunch. Father Gail Hammerschmidt, who does listen to the podcast, nice. shout out, rocking out Junction City, Kansas, America. Um, <laughs> his uh, brother-in-law is Jason. And he was working at a warehouse, and uh, for weeks there was this guy there that uh, was calling him Stacy, and uh, and he just thought his name was Stacy. And then one day in the break room, uh, the guy was like, "Hey, Stacy," and uh, he was like, "Hey, um, uh, my name's my name's Jason. It's uh, it's Jason." And the guy looked at him and he goes, "Okay, Stacy." <laughs> like he was like, you can't just change your name, you know. So then Jason's been Stacy ever since. Nice. 
So I don't know if he likes that name. What's the other name? Wunchkin? Yeah, Wunchbox. <laughs> He's kind of short. So Wunchkin or <laughs> Wunchlet. The Wunchlet. Aww. I don't know if he's called him Wunchlet. Oh, okay, Wunchkin. Well, Wunchkin, Wunchbox. Who is it? Who is preaching and called him Wunchkin? And somebody had not ever heard that name before. And so, like, we were we were on, no, we were on a, what's the winter summer conference? Oh, no, it was Villa. Villa. We were on Villa, and somebody called him Wunchkin in the homily, and it was hilarious. Nice. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, Jason, Jason's uh, getting his new assignment. He's yes. uh, moving out. So to all the people in Craig that listen, I know that uh, some of them got a shout out in the last podcast, mm. um, but uh, yeah, he's, rap, yeah, he's super sad to leave. Yeah, but we're gonna miss we're gonna miss the um, burritos at uh, Los J's more than anything else. The ham and pico burrito up there is incredible. If you're ever passing through Craig, Colorado, nice. Los J's ham and pico. So, anywho. Violent transition now because uh, it's rapidly approaching, rapidly approaching the uh, time of my uh, rotum at consummatum with my bed, <laughs> and sleep will come very quickly. And these chairs are way too comfortable. They are. Yeah. Um, well, we're just gonna do a quick podcast. Not gonna be as quick as the Pantheon podcast because I got a lot of crap for that one. So did uh, you know it has a hole? In so ridiculous. Okay, I just wanted to do one to kind of show these guys we don't have to be forty-five minutes every time. So I just want to highlight something that that happens during the Easter week that maybe you caught. Uh, maybe it happens, you know, just at Easter Sunday Mass. But it's this weird thing where. Um, there are four times in the year where we do what is called a sequence. Uh, sequence is also one of my favorite board games, um, <laughs> as uh, Frankie Cicero, Jake Schneider, and Daniel Chucci know. Um, sequence is when you have a liturgical hymn uh, either sang or recited during, uh, during the Mass, and it happens after the second reading before the Alleluia. Can you name uh, two out of the four? I have only ever heard one. Yeah? That's the Pascales. Yeah, Victime Pascali Laudis. Pascales. Uh-huh. That's the only one I've ever seen. All right. There's another one written by uh, St. Thomas Aquinas okay. that uh, is usually um, recited on a feast day that it's related to. We, Nativity, Christmas. We use it. We use it during uh, adoration a lot. Tantum uh, ergo. Yeah. Okay. But the the first part of that uh, hymn is the Pange Lingua. Okay. Pange Lingua Gloriosi. Sing my song. Sing my tongue. The Savior's glory. So so what is the feast? So that one would be uh, Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi. That's what. Okay. Corpus Christi. Pange Lingua. We also do one. Um, on Easter Sunday and during the octave called the Victime Pascali Laudis, which is what I want to talk about. There are two other ones, lesser known, uh, and they're actually optional in the liturgy, so not normally used. One is the Lauda Scion uh, on Corpus Christi, which I've never heard. Um, And then the last one is the Stabat Mater, Mm. um, which a lot of people know from, from the Stations of the Cross, but that one is recited on Our Lady of Sorrows. I used to always, when I was doing Roman Mass, would sing that as the closing hymn during Lent. 
Sabat Mater. Yeah, because I would do I would do one English, one Latin verse. Yeah, just to close out the mess. Like you do different verse each time. Yeah, so I do verse first day. One day I would do verse one in English and Latin. So next day I'd do verse two in English and Latin. Sweet. And so it's like if I, well, when I was doing mass three to four days a week. Yeah. For same as to Paul, then I then I could get through the whole hymn in the course of yeah. very fast. Awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah. So many times what happens is the second reader just stands up there um and then does the does the this like almost like a poem. Mm. And it's kinda like, why are we doing this? That's how I've seen it. Yeah. Why are we doing this now? You know? And uh um it's actually a hymn. They're all set to tune. Mm. Uh they they have a tonality to them. Um and what happened was um, going back to I think it was first year of philosophy. Um, we did the Easter vigil that night, super awesome. Like uh, everybody's going crazy at the party, mm. and then the next day, Father Goronsky was leaving to go on vacation, mm. and was going to celebrate an early mass uh, privately for Easter Sunday. And I was lucky enough that um, I happened to be like walking through. Well, I wasn't even up. He just told me about it the <laughs> night before. And he said, do you want to do Easter Sunday Mass, like at dawn of the resurrection? I was mm-hmm. like, that'd be awesome. So we get up there, and uh, you know, he's like, will you do the readings? And I'm like, sure. So I do the first reading, second reading, and then get to the, you know, the sequence, which mm-hmm. um, is uh, to Christ the Paschal Victim Sing, um, and, uh, or Christians to the Paschal Victim Sing. And uh, he's like, uh, can you sing it? And I'm like you can sing these and he's like yeah and it was he like looked at me with like a face of you've been denied the tradition oh, for like so many years nice. and it's so sad because like you know you should know this um so then the next year i like swore to myself i will learn this yeah. and uh it's become actually my favorite easter hymn you should sing it oh yeah uh yeah maybe i'll do I that i can't sing end. along so i have no idea how it goes but. um but uh, this hymn goes all the way back to the 11th century. It is, according to uh, Preces Latine, um, is usually ascribed to Whippo of Burgundy. If you're looking for a name for your, uh, for your next child, Whippo. And you want to make fun of everyday middle school. Ex- Wipo. Uh, <laughs> chaplain of the German Emperor Conrad II in the 11th century. 11th, 11th century. So like all the way back nine centuries ago, for 900 years, mm. someone composed a hymn and it's so, um, it so graphically represented what we were trying to say about the glory of the resurrection of our Lord that has been kept in the liturgy ever since then. And then one can actually, um, one can actually uh, um, you do this at every single mass during bright week or the Easter octave. Right. And uh, and a lot of people just don't do it. And it's crazy because the the words themselves like speak of the power of Christ's resurrection. So right. without further ado. Amen. Christians to the Paschal victim offer sacrifice and praise. The sheep are ransomed by the lamb and Christ, the undefiled, has sinners to the Father reconciled. Death with life contended, combat strangely ended, life's own champion slain, yet lives to reign. Tell us, Mary, say what thou didst see upon the way. The tomb the living did enclose. I saw Christ's glory as he rose. 
The angels there attesting, shroud with grave clothes resting. Christ, my hope, has risen. He goes before you into Galilee. That Christ is truly risen from the dead we know. Victorious King, thy mercy show. Amen. Alleluia. That's kind of the just like the base, like uh, it's kind of a literal uh, translation. They have a more poetic translation that we use in the liturgy. But uh, the the Latin, especially when sung, like the even the tune. Have you ever noticed that? Like there are certain tunes that we use um, in certain times of the year that sound so apropos. Yeah. Like, do you guys change your tones yes. based upon the season? Absolutely. Do you do like a minor tone in yes. Lent and then... So even even the responses, like during Lent, actually there's three. So there there's the normal season, then there's Lent, and then there's funerals. So mm. funerals and Lent are both Whoa. exactly like Two that. o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> According to the clock. Um, so, so like in, in the, the priest even introduces litanies in peace, let us pray to the Lord would be funeral mm. in peace. It's been too long since Lent. It's been two weeks. Anyway, the, 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 the way that the priest introduced <laughs> the way that the priest introduces the version. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, would be the normal season. Uh-huh. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, would be funerals. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, would be uh, mm, Lent. Lent. And then, in peace, let me think. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy, as usual. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Would be funerals. Uh-huh, yeah. And then, uh, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Would be Lent. So, yeah. like, like the whole liturgy yeah. changes in a sense. And like for us, like we have different tunes for. Um, we have different tunes. Like you have a simple and a solemn tone. Like. Um, let us pray is just the simple tone. Right. Let us pray is the solemn tone. Okay. Not that big of a difference. But then if you think about um uh the hymns that we sing, at least in the you know, Western church, um, like in Christmas, like you're singing like all these um you know, I don't know, Advent hymns. And it's like, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even think of them right now. Um like a uh, creator of the stars of night, dee 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 dee. It's mm. not like super whatever, but then all of a sudden it's just like dun 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 dun. You know, and Very like joyful. everything changes. You yeah. know, and then joy to the world, and then you know, uh, angels we have heard on high. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that, like something changes in you that it's like we are no longer in this the other place yeah we have transferred into a different place yeah um and then that's personally the way i feel about uh about the exultant like you can sing all of the lenten hymns you know 40 days and 40 nights jesus fasted it's like you're like trotting along this like Mm -hmm. you know lenten angry lonely path (laughs) um and then all of a sudden like at the beginning of the Easter Vigil, you'd like sing this particular tone that is unique only to that song. Um, and all of a sudden it's like it's like piercing that something changed. Mm. And then the last one, for me at least, is uh 
when on Easter Sunday, you know, you do the first reading, well, you sing the Gloria, um, which, you know, is kind of an epic, you know, yeah. for a lot of people, it's kind of like, oh, we're doing this again, we're singing it again, yeah. but it's like, we haven't been doing this at all, you right. know? Um, and then, you know, to to hear the victime, so this is the tune for the victime, um, so I'll sing it, bam, bam. Um, mm. Victime Pascaldi laudes, Iemolden Christiani, Agnus redemit oves, Christus innocens patris, Reconciliavid peccatores, Morset vita duelo, Conflixere mirando, Dux vitae mortugus regnat vivus, Dic mar nobis Maria, Quid vidis in viam, Sepulchrum Christi viventis, et gloriam vidi resurgentis, Angelicos testes, sudarium et vestes, Surrexit Christus spes mea, Precedit sucos in Galileam, Shibus Christum surrexise, Amortuis vere, to nobis victor rex miserere. Amen. Alleluia. To me, it's like this like secret that starts off kind of like with this like groaning rumble. Hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, it's not like, I don't know, something exploding, you know, like joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Right. Um, but rather, it, Instead of the angels like proclaiming on high, like uh, you know, glory to God in the highest, like you know how the shepherds saw like the angels yeah. at the nativity, it's rather like this like gentle secret that like kind of like with a smirk the angels are revealing like mm. he's not here, right? Like, and the secret has now been kind of disclosed, and then everything changes. Mm. Everything changes from that moment on. Um, and so when I look at the the hymnody, uh, it, it really breaks open from the exultet, liturgically speaking, the exultet, and then you know the victime pascalis. And if you really like allow those words to kind of sink in, uh, these are the things that are going to sustain us. I and I think me um, in the difficult times when it's like. Uh, what am, what am I going to be singing? You know, like, I am the Lord of the dance, said he. Hmm. You know, like, there's a profundity to those words and even to that tone that I can, like, rest in. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there's, we when we my buddies were walking around, when I was University of Steubenville and we were walking around uh, around Europe, we, we'd walk into these old churches. And my buddy went, just walked, walked in one time and said, you know what? Those who built this church loved God. Like you can tell by by the by the the depth and the substantial beauty that is present in these churches. Like there's something about those when when an artist is seeking objective beauty, and especially if they're doing it prayerfully, and this is they're trying to use their skill as an artist or a musician to truly praise God, especially if they're writing something for the most important and solemn feast day of the year, and God's going to bless that. 
I think that that I mean, there's something about the repetition of it. Like when we, when you hear these hymns on Easter, your heart just leaps mm-hmm. when you hear it because uh, not not just because of the hymn, but because everything that surrounds the celebration of the resurrection. The church has always yeah. been very very good at that. Um, and so there's the there's this your heart leaps because it's it's attracted to objective beauty. It's also attracted to, of course, the the psychology of the moment and the the feel good nature as to, as it should happen during the feasts. But I, I think when you what what you're reflecting upon there is there's a there's a art was more the writing of this hymn was was more than just how how do humans perceive beauty but we're going to reveal something about God Himself yeah. in this in, in these words and then we take what we perceive to be beauty and we which means singing and and you know good voices and good melodies and and you know poetic poetic. Uh, writing and and um, put them all together into this one hymn that you only hear for a brief time during the year. And yeah. that, that just, it really does set our hearts alight. Yeah. yeah. And then if, like, it's like the difference between, you know, if you're at a restaurant and then you're eating and somebody else, like, you know, they all start clapping and then they're going to sing happy birthday to somebody else. Right. I mean, there's a part of where, like, some people get joy out of that. I'm yeah. kind of like, so annoying, <laughs> you know? And then when somebody's actually singing to you, happy birthday, like the feeling that you have of, okay, I, this is tradition, yeah. but it's also nice. You know, right. like if you go through a whole birthday where nobody sings happy birthday to you, it's kind of, it's kind of sad. What is that? Your housemate's home. Oh, that's, <laughs> it sounded like we were like being flooded. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, um. Yeah, that was like all of a sudden there's like water gurgling around me. I'm like, what is going on? He looked so scared. Did you hear him come in? No, you didn't uh, hear the water. No, I did, but I also heard him come in. Oh, I didn't hear oh, that. Okay, yeah, I'm just yeah. talking about myself. <laughs> anyway, so then when you have happy birthday, like, and and it's saying to you, then it's like, okay, this this is a sweet, you know, like hymn. Well, or a song. I won't call it a hymn. Um, you know, when we have these 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 church you know hymns and they're actually composed prayerfully yeah that's a big difference between like just like any other song right you know right and then pairing that like you're saying with the moment and the particular particularity of that moment where it's like this is so apropos right now yeah um that Kind of like, you know, the that when it's your actual birthday, the song makes sense. Yeah. When it's somebody else's birthday, it makes sense. When somebody's just like singing at a restaurant, it's like, oh, yeah. I guess it's their birthday. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So it, it's similar to what I was mentioning on the Forgiveness podcast about Forgiveness Vespers when Lent for the Byzantine Catholics kicks off by singing Easter hymns while the people are embracing each other and asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Because forgiveness is a divine act of the resurrected God. And so there's this when when you're when you're offering to the forgiveness you shouldn't be thinking of forgiveness vespers you should be thinking of pascha you should be thinking of easter that's when these hymns are sung and so there's this there's this emotional kind of the emotions are used to reveal something about what forgiveness is forgiveness is a is a an easter event forgiveness is, is our sins have been forgiven we've been risen you know Christ rose from the dead and we rose with him. And and so we it's taken out of context, it's ripped out of context, really, and put in the beginning of Lent, the beginning of the Great Fast, in order to kind of shake us up and to say, yeah. we're now going into a time of an extreme penance and, and kind of the self-gaze uh, of sin to just to evaluate our own sin and offer it to Christ. But here we are singing Easter hymns 
And the next time we hear this, and really the only time we should be hearing it, is on Easter morning. Hmm. But we're here. We are hearing it on this on the you know Sunday evening before yeah. Lent kicks off on Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, this is part of the tradition. We're just uh, opening up different parts. Amen. Now you know that there's a church with a hole in it and a uh, <laughs> sweet song that you can sing. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. All right. Shout out. Shout out. Let me open this on my phone again. Bam. Okay. Let me, know, let me know when you have it open. Uh, why don't you go first? I'll All get right. it. Mine short. To my sister, Samantha from Max Arendale. Shout out to Samantha from her brother. That was quick. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to read it slowly. Jeez. To my sister. <laughs> to my sister. Hey, Stephanie has Menez. I love you. Has Menez. Has Menez. Oh, that's why it was me. <laughs> yes. Hey, Stephanie has Menez. <laughs> I love you from your boyfriend, Leo. What if they're not dating anymore? We've been a while, I know. <laughs> Ouch. Leo, I hope you've been good to her. That's a Notre Dame email address. I know. Yeah. So hopefully they've that's built some maturity. Exactly. Okay. Double shout out. Gabby Lastrapez gives a shout out to the Catholic student. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Gabby Lastrapez. <laughs> what would you say? La Straps. <laughs> My new Mexican is coming out. Gabby, Gabby Lastraps. Lastraps. Um, gives a shout out to the Catholic students at University of St. Thomas in Houston. Another listener, Matthew McCowan, wrote in requesting a shout out to Gabby and her fiance Vince Roach Whoa. getting married on May 28th. <laughs> is it the same Gabby? Double shout out. Gabby. So Gabby gave the shout out to the Catholic students, and then another listener requested oh, a shout out to Gabby nice. and her I fiance Vince. I get it. Nice. I'm just reading this word for word, but you got a good picking up on that. Yeah, just a month it. and a half to go. Very cool. Congratulations. Uh, for my friends Hannah Cutberth and Zach Hamblin, who are recently married, and, and that is from Meredith Gazda, a supporter of the banter. Thank you, Meredith. We like to push the banter. Right, shout out to my awesome girlfriend, Kirsten, aka Kiki, from Michael H. And a shout out from Justin to Andrea. Uh, he says, "Is it too late now to say sorry?" <laughs> yeah, I know that I let you down. Is it too late to say sorry now? <laughs> it's like, what the heck are you reading? <laughs> That's to Andrea, uh, Andrea in Denver, from Justin. <laughs> Lucia, Lucia Sierra in Phoenix requests a shout out to her sisters in Madrid, Spain, Elena, Clara, and Isabel. It'd be Lucia. And, oh, Lucia. No, Lucia. Lucia. She's from Spain. Oh, from Lucia. Spain. To Corey and Mackenzie Licatos, who entered the Catholic Church this Easter vigil in Holland, Michigan. Nice. Well played. Matthew Sue requests shout out to all the listeners in Singapore, his home country. And uh, what is that? This one's me. Oh, theology of the body. Yeah. To the, th- I think, theology of the is. body, February first class, especially Brian from Philly, the guy who did the music from Sister Squeaks. That's Victoria. Oh, really? Yeah. So this is yeah. So shout out to Tubio. What? What? It, what since when is she Sister Squeaks? <laughs> That's what I named her. Oh. Uh, theology of the theology of body one February two thousand sixteen class. 
especially Brian from Philly, who did the music for the TOB class from Sister Squeaks. Why didn't you just do that one? Then? I was about to stop you, but I, I didn't read ahead. All right. Fast enough. Good. Da, 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 da. I think we got it. Whatever your closing music was. That's right. All right. Thanks for listening. I think that's it, folks. Uh, have a good night. This is a late one. Uh, roommate's home, so we got to shut it down. Yeah. Amen. All right. CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. And also uh, give us uh, some good comments on iTunes. Oh, yeah. That, that helps us out a lot, actually. Okay, so. All right. Laters. Good night. <laughs>